Today's episode is with Brandon Schultz of Mercy Music, a three-piece pop-punk band out of Las Vegas. Um, admittedly, I don't know a whole lot about the Vegas music scene, so it was cool talking to him about it. Though there isn't much there, I guess, at the moment. Um, they're there, Mercy Music, and they're crushing it. They've got their fourth full-length album coming out. Uh, it's called What You Stand to Lose. It is out on the 30th. They're playing a uh, short run around the uh, southwest neighborhood. They just played Long Beach on the 16th at Supply and Demand, where I caught them. It was a really cool show. My first show there at Supply and Demand. Uh, after that, they played uh, Permanent Records Roadhouse in L.A., uh, both with Versus the World and Love Equals Death. Got a Love Equals Death album at that last show. It was really good. And, oh, on the 28th, tonight is uh, Yucca Tap Room in Tempe, Arizona. Uh, they're playing uh, with local support, Winter Haven, and Ghost in the Willow. And the band with them for the rest of these shows, their tour mates are Not, N-O-T. So get there early, catch out, catch Not, catch the local support. Um, after this, yep, uh, Tempe, Arizona show, there's the Costa Mesa uh, show at the Wayfair on the 29th. That'll be tomorrow on Thursday. And they're going to be playing with Moldy Roses and Taken Days. On June 30th, the big day, San Diego at the Tower Bar with uh, Matt Casket and the Breaks, Shades McCool, and the Bold Flavors. After that, July 2nd in San Francisco at the Kilowatt with Sweet Gloom and Tess Stevens. Shout out to Sweet Gloom. Got to catch you guys soon. Uh, next time you're in LA, hopefully, we'll make something happen. So, without further ado, here is uh, Brendan Schultz talking about music, talking about balancing life with touring and the whole scene. Man, enjoy.
It was a great set. Um, That's my first time there. I've been meaning to go there and finally got around to it. Glad you were there. It was our, it was our first time there too. I've been yeah. hearing, hearing a lot about the, about uh, supply and demand. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it's new or what. I only recently heard about it. Same. Maybe same. a year ago or so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. How's your day going, dude? It's it's a it's an average weekday. Work and kids and life and yeah. Nice. Getting ready, getting ready to leave next week for some of the release shows and. Yeah. Cool man. Yeah man. New record sounds amazing. It's so killer, so dude. It Thank is you. such a banger, man. It's you're thrashing around. It just sounds and even better live too. Every hearing everything live, it's just that changes everything. Hearing it personally, you know. Yeah, that's that's like I would say it's like a problem, but I guess it's not really a problem. But like the number one like thing that people say to us is like we can't really capture us live on a record or, or haven't to date. So like. I guess it's a good thing. So I'm always happy. I'm, I'm stoked that you think the live thing's rad too. Yeah, I mean, maybe just me. It always sounds better live, right? Unless yeah, I, that's my. I mean, that's me too. I'm, I agree with that. Yeah, especially when it comes to punk. There's something about punk uh, alone. Punk as a recording always sounds like it's, it. Always feels like a shot of medicine. Something about it, right? It yeah, just yeah. always sounds great. It's it's hard to capture that all in a in a recording. I think it is like 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 you said, like it's just a it's a live thing. It's the urgency and the you know all of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I love the small venues too, like supply and demand. It's really small. It was like I don't know, less than a hundred people probably, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I like shows like that too. I mean, we did the next night. Uh. What did we play? We did the weekend with versus the world. Um, at, at a record store that has a bar in it, and that really oh, was popped. it a uh, permanent records? Yeah, permanent records. That's yeah, yeah, was. that really popped off that night too. I was really surprised. It was a, uh, it's a great weekend all in all. Yeah, and it definitely like exceeded my. I I wasn't going into it thinking it was going to be as as cool as it was. Sure. Yeah, that's an interesting place. It's a it's a tight squeeze. I, yeah, it was <laughs> definitely was difficult weird. getting stuff in and out of there once the show had started. Yeah, something about being surrounded by records too. It's like, man, yeah. are, are we melting these things or what? Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but I, de- I definitely like those shows, like uh, up close and uncomfortable shows. Like I, I, think that, <laughs> like, I just think it's like, it just is like, as the dude pl- playing, like I like that, that vibe so much more. I feel like everyone's just like there and in it yeah more intimate for lack of a better word i don't know i prefer shows like that like tiny small spaces yeah is that is that like a sweet spot right there or would you prefer like do you prefer something a little like slightly bigger what's your favorite venue to play like I, anytime somebody books you you're like fuck yeah down i mean i'm not saying i don't like playing like <laughs> big shows when they're when they when they happen but oh like, of course yeah, yeah yeah um i mean i think like a just like a pack like even like a house party that's just full of people and like it's just there's something about that where there's you know the person's like a foot in front of you when you're singing yeah. in the microphone like there's just something really cool about that yeah yeah it's a great feeling just to be to be that close i love a festival too don't get me wrong like something yeah. big like that but um i just feel like everyone's so present in a moment like it's hard to not be present when when you're in a space like that you know yeah especially in somebody's living room or garage and you're yeah. knocking shit over <laughs> yeah yeah something great about that uh, did you grow up in Vegas, by the way? I moved to Vegas when I was 14. Uh, okay. From like Phoenix originally, and my whole family's from Massachusetts. So cool. Yeah, pretty much desert majority of <laughs> <laughs> from green to desert, right? Yeah. 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 How was uh how's the Vegas scene? Uh, a friend of mine recently moved there and I haven't heard much from her band lately. I she kind of picked up uh tattooing uh as an art form and oh, that's uh, cool yeah really cool she's yeah. she's solid but uh i just i miss her music she lived out in la for a long time and yeah, yeah. i mean vegas is i think that's things people don't realize about vegas is like it's it's super tiny and it's like hard to have one degree of separation from people really be very, yeah like it'd be like especially especially in like the music side of things like it's hard mm. to run into people that wouldn't you know know someone you know or it's just it's very small and tight-knit um i think we've had we've always had like it's always been 
an uphill battle to have a scene in Vegas because there's so many other things going on all the time. But I mm-hmm. think there really was through like in the 2000s up till currently, like up till pandemic, there really was like a, a thing here and a, and a people that cared. And, you know, we had punks in Vegas for a long time until mm. Emily passed away. And I know they're still trying to carry the torch, but I, I think after the pandemic here, we lost a lot of like lucrative spaces. And I know there mm. are people still trying, but it really, I, I think we're kind of more in a like, rebuilding stage right now. Right, right. I'm not, I'm not seeing like a lot of new bands and stuff like that. I'm sure, you lost plenty too during the yeah, pandemic, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's, I'd say it's in like a weird, weird state at the moment. Mm. Yeah, there's a. I, I'm hopeful for. Uh, I don't know too much about Vegas to be honest with you. Beyond, beyond the strip and yeah. Yeah, like I, I've been like there a handful other, of times, and it's just like any other small town. Once you like take that side of it out, yeah. I mean, I I can't say there's anything. I mean, things are maybe open a little bit later or yeah. stuff like that. But yeah, <laughs> I remember a, a great brunch spot about twenty minutes out, outside of the strip. I forgot the name of it, but uh, it's all I got outside of the yeah. strip. For pretty much, <laughs> there is really. I mean, there is really good food here. I have to say that. Oh yeah, solid yeah. food. So yeah. much to do. I mean, it's Vegas, yeah. you know, it's the center of so many things, but I'm <laughs> totally. hopeful in that case because, you know, as everything's, everything is reopened and there's this mass exodus out of California, however big it is, it seems oh. just as crowded to me as it was 10 years ago, but um, yeah, yeah, people are moving I to mean, Vegas. You know, it's, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, I'm, it is. I mean, I, I mean, I see it firsthand just with, I mean, I couldn't afford to live here for one if i just that's that's how drastic a change it's been right but yeah it's it is crazy yeah, yeah california Any... just seems just as congested as ever i mean i'm back and forth all the time so i haven't noticed like a huge but yeah i've, I've seen it on the vegas end with with every, everyone's got california plates <laughs> yeah my dad was telling me about how uh there's a lot of california plates in in the nashville area he lives out there and Everybody hates it. I can't imagine what it, yeah. <laughs> like the locals just can't stand California. It's like, I don't know. We just stink. Like just <laughs> to everybody. <laughs> oh, no, there's like a big movement in Vegas, like in the two thousands where I, a lot of friends moved to Nashville. I think there was like, I think that was the move then. Like if you were a musician was that Nashville was going really, but I mean, Nashville's always been Nashville and always, it's always been that. So yeah. yeah. It, it's a fun place. I went there yeah. once. I got a, I got some friends out there. Yeah, Sam. So yeah. it's a cool, it's a cool city. Very different place. Yeah. <laughs> I grew up here, born and raised here, lived yeah. in DC for a couple of years and that's pretty much it. And then, yeah, just anywhere else is just so foreign. California is like a, it's the weirdest bubble to be yeah. in, you know, it's and a, then a... Vegas by proxy, you know, it's not far away. You know? No, it's like its own extension. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Such a trip. What do you, what what were you listening to during this record? Oh man! While you were recording, if if you're not so distracted that you uh, no, that you have to like, I I have like a, a I mean I there's always like constants playing. I mean on 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 my what play I guess playlist or what there's always bands I'm always listening to constant bands like All's gonna be one for sure. Mm. Um like squeeze um i think specifically uh like sam i am is a big one um jawbreaker Mm. um i really got into ways away last year which was like the guitar player from sam i am that's his new band with the Mm. singer from stick to your guns I, i like them a lot um dirty nil Dirty it's Nil. Kind of, yeah, they're kind of a newer band out of Canada, mm. but they've been they're starting to blow up a little bit bigger. Um yeah, just stuff like stuff like that, general like pop and and rock <laughs> and that yeah. I'm wondering when you're gonna put out like an opera next. I, I wish, man. <laughs> I wish I had it in there. <laughs> write about things that weren't my personal life. <laughs> It's so therapeutic, though. That's the that's something I've always loved and appreciated about punk is that there's something for everybody, and 
I, I don't think anybody really truly walks away from punk not having gotten something out of it. Even if that's not really your what you yeah. listen to, something about it always sticks to you. You know, because no, like yeah, and like I I know we're not like that's the thing we always deal with is we're kind of always on the outskirts of like punk because we're I mean we're definitely poppy and we have more mid tempo stuff and but I mean I come from that that place and like that mentality and that's like what I came up on and that was like my thing to identify with and where I felt I belonged Mm -hmm. and I mean it's very it's very important to me you know just like the general ethos of of not not giving a fuck and doing it the way that you want to do it like that's something that I I learned at a young age and it stuck with me Mm -hmm. and whether or not like it's the reason why we're not more successful or anything I, I don't know but like to me it's more important to be true to who you are yeah and I mean I think I think that's like something I I learned from coming up on on punk rock music is there something you think uh you you might lose if you were to take bigger stages more frequently because you you've taken plenty Uh, you play with so many people you're yeah in my eyes huge to me like I'd be I I mean the ultimate goal is that I know and this is a thing that's fucking frowned upon too but like I'm not afraid to say that I'd love for this to you know be my my job you know Mm. I don't I don't have a problem admitting that um but at at what stake and what cost like I have my you know reasons that I I wouldn't I wouldn't sacrifice doing it so much the way that like the second it it became something that I didn't want to listen to or I wasn't stoked on like I don't I mean it's not worth it to me at that stage of the game anymore but you've never reached that point huh yeah it's We've been close. I mean, last year was it was like probably our, our best year as a band financially and stuff like that. But it's still not enough to. I mean, we all have day jobs, mm-hmm. and I, I see it more and more with established bands too, or bands that have been around a long time. That it's just more commonplace because it's just just there's the money's not you know there anymore. Yeah. In, in so many ways, because I mean, you make the least amount of money off your actual music. You know, and that's why you have guys out there touring that don't want to be touring anymore. It's burning everybody out. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, like the second it stops being fun, I think, or the point of enjoyment for you is I I think when you should probably stop doing it. Mm. When it becomes work. Yeah. But I mean, there's that's the thing, man. It's the the best thing in the world. And it's one of the hardest things in the world to do, you know, Mm. and to, to get back up again and and do it when things aren't going well it's just you know peaks and valleys and just keep pushing through mm-hmm. well you sound so solid and so in your resolve and in your music it's uh it's great that you're still around that you're still playing that uh it hasn't stopped you <laughs> that I mean, nothing, I, those thoughts haven't stopped you you know well, my only thing is like i think I, the only way i could be like more miserable is if i didn't do it at all so <laughs> So yeah, that's a spirit. <laughs> this is the happy video. Yeah. yeah. So you balance uh, work life and touring life. Well, you play a lot, right? Like, yeah. I, I'm, I've been really lucky and I'm really grateful that I've been able to maneuver like having a, an adult job and still continuing to do this. And in the same breath, having the support system around me mm-hmm. that, that is supportive enough to like, I have three kids. Like it's not a walk in the park to, to leave and, and, so without those you know those people and that support system job or not like that's you know so i'm mm-hmm. grateful that i still can but i've been lucky job wise i have a job that the last two jobs i've had and like i'm allowed to be fully remote so i'm literally working from the back of the van and nice. the last few tours we've, we've had to like we have a, a merch person and someone that can drive because for the last few years i really haven't been able to to like when it when it all started i was always the driver i was always but mm. since, since i can you know have a, a regular job and and do this at the same time it's kind right. of yeah i mean it's it's crazy to work like to do that and be on tour but at the same time with that i mean i'm I'm grateful because you know my kids get to eat and i get to still do this so mm. yeah are they uh are they pretty young um I have seven 13 and 15 Dang. So 15 I, I, formative years yeah <laughs> it's about yeah it's good it's uh it's it's crazy to i mean i started young not not super young I, but i'm still not the super old dad yet so that's good 
No, not even close, so I can, man. I think I can I can relate to them on on a lot of levels. Still, yeah. they ever find their? Do they ever find your music in the wild? And like, hey, um, dad, was this you? <laughs> my my youngest son, the seven year old, he actually came out to his like first show. Um, when we we came through with on that uh, we came through Vegas on the Unwritten Law tour, and mm. my two sons came out. Um, my oldest son, who's the the uh, the 13 year old he he's into it and i'll bring him to shows and stuff like that and he likes nice. and he plays guitar and he's my seven-year-old had like never seen me in that state or form or like so he was like his brain really couldn't like he was very confused <laughs> did he treat like, you like a stranger yeah he was just like yeah i just saw the look on his face like what's dad doing um and then my oldest <laughs> is my daughter my daughter and she's i think she she's okay with it i mean her her friends find out about like she has like friends that know about the band and friends parents and stuff like that and i mm. and she actually goes to the same high school i went to so there are teachers there that like so i think it's maybe more embarrassing for her slightly <laughs> like, you're brendan's just, kid yeah because it's like i'm always going to be dad no matter what i'm always going to be a nerd so yeah <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a really funny thing damn Always gonna be dad. Always gonna be a nurse. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing I can do. It's always. No yeah. In the meantime, you're getting worshipped on stage. Where you go? <laughs> I'm just annoying dad. But yeah. <laughs> well, two different personalities for yeah, sure, right? Yeah. You got to be a no, dad, wife, and you got to be a. My wife is definitely a dichotomy. <laughs> is she a musician too? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, she she's she does dance. Um, and yeah, and then my oldest son, he's into you know music and skateboarding and stuff like that. Nice, nice. Yeah. Carrying the, the torch yeah. in a sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I saw you had was that a tiny still shirt you were wearing? I I, in I that did. video. I, <laughs> I, I I rock that shirt a lot. I, I tiny stills is like. I I think, Kaylin's one of the best songwriters out currently mm. i think she writes amazing songs and i i first came across we we did a show together with anthony ranieri from bayside she was doing a few dates with him and they came through vegas and i i played and i was just like man these songs are really good and i just mm -hmm. kind of connected connected with it so yeah i'm a big tiny stills fan oh they're so fun yeah, yeah i caught them over at uh at the parish at uh house of blues in anaheim is like their newer yeah like i guess side venue or whatever big place yeah. yeah so good i had them on the podcast uh during the pandemic it was in, in the middle of a <laughs> in the middle of uh what are we gonna do now like <laughs> yeah no yeah there's a yeah. lot of what are we gonna do now on the on the on the new record that can that's for sure oh, <laughs> still yeah. very uh therapeutic and and it sounds great it reminds me of music in a and I mean this in the best possible way. Music I can't listen to anymore. <laughs> Therapeutic music. Yeah. Where it's like, oh man, it it'll just put me in a bad place if I hear this again. And it luckily no. it's not upbeat punk <laughs> that yeah. does that for me. No, I have bands like that that I can't like I love that I can't go back to those records so much anymore because it's just like I don't want to go back to that. Yeah. That space and time. Who are some of those? Uh like I love Jawbreaker a lot, but like Dear You is like where I'm at now is kind of like a, a hard listen still because it takes mm. me back to some of the shittiest points in my life for sure. Mm. Who uh, on the other side of that? Who gets better with with time? Who who ages well? Um, I I'm gonna say like the all and descendants camp of things is always a, a constant. Like I can always find something new in it for mm. me, like musically or emotionally yeah just off the top of my head i'm sure there's more but that one i mean the last few years especially i've just been really i can always kind of go back to it and, and have like a like it's always kind of find something new about it mm -hmm. is there anyone you haven't played with yet that you that's on the bucket list man this is going to sound so stupid but <laughs> <laughs> i mean i'd love to open for green day uh, uh that's like killer. that's a that's an incredibly tall order um <laughs> sam i am is a big one i've tried to line stuff up with that but to no avail um 
and I, I think is is possible. And then when Jawbreaker actually started doing those reunion shows, I wrote Adam the drummer and and just straight up asked him because I'm of the mind that you got to ask or someone else is. So you got to <laughs> take the big shots, and you know, I mean, I've done really cool stuff that way. Yeah. Um, and he ended up writing me back like a couple paragraphs just about like that he does like the band and that like these shows have been booked for years. I mean, Jawbreaker is uh. one for sure, but um, yeah, man, Green Day would be huge. I mean. Jared, the the bass player, we got to open for Offspring a few years ago, and that was mm. like his 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 favorite band as a kid. So that was like a, I kind of want, <laughs> kind of want one of mine. I mean, getting getting to play with the Descendants is was it was obviously a huge bucket list thing for me. Yeah, I and saw I, that. I wasn't there, but I saw that, and yeah, and man. I was like, it was, and the shitty part for me was like I was so focused at that time. It's like I'm like, well, what are we gonna do next? Because this is like a really hard thing to the top like how do i keep the mm. progress going so much so like I, I really wish i was like more in the moment while we were doing those shows but nonetheless it was that was a really big big cool thing for me yeah to do those were they uh so you you grew up listening to them too i'm sure yeah yeah, yeah big time um and that's how i i met bill in high school just blindly mm. emailing him um if he'd be interested in doing a record with my high school band and he actually wrote me back and we did do a record. That's so cool. Um, and it was, it was a nightmare cause I had dudes that really couldn't play. And I was like a tyrant 18 year old idiot. <laughs> you know, like it's like, it's gotta be in my way cause it's the best. And like, mm. but we stayed in contact we, you know, stayed friends. And that was like, I always thought that was really cool that he like, like thought I was worth a shit as a songwriter or, or anything like that. Like it's mm. childhood hero shit um and i when the mercy music thing started going like i i think the last two we tried to line up with him but his schedule was so nuts so that when i think it was 2021 if i'm look, thinking of yours correctly like i gave him the year to give me a time frame that worked and mm. that's how we did the, the newest record and i was really happy it, it worked out and it was kind of felt like i had something to prove that i wasn't like a stupid kid with a band that couldn't play anymore so i kind of like a vendetta <laughs> for me to like you know like when you want your dad to love you or something it's kind of like that <laughs> One of those. <laughs> i totally get it yeah it was like that so, yeah. one of those heroes Definitely. yeah yeah did those did those guys from that first band still talk to you you know funny enough it's like <clears throat> i've i think I've done a really good job of like maintaining friendships with anybody I've really been in a band with, you know, across, I mean, I've been doing this for like 28 years, I think mm -hmm. I, I started when I was nine, but the, the, the bass player of that band, I think is homeless right now, but we, we stayed, I mean, I believe we're like friends still, as long as he's, a, I, I believe he's okay. He's just in and out of craziness, but mm. the drum, the drummer for that band, he's the one guy that I know, like, still hasn't like i don't know because i broke the band up and it wasn't like the greatest thing ever but uh, i think he's like the one guy that is not cool with me you know all these years later too yeah i've yeah. tried I'm just like you can't can't force it um yeah you do yeah. what you can yeah yeah well not to bring that shit up but uh <laughs> <laughs> i guess that's a part of the story yeah yeah uh yeah that that song uh found out i'm useless i had to, i did keep playing that one because it was just an anthem to invasive thoughts and <laughs> yeah that was a i'm really i always say like love you need you is probably my favorite song on the record but useless is like i kind of had to push for that one to happen because the dudes because it's kind of like from a musical perspective it's not the most you know playing a slow song and like i just thought there was something there with that song and i, I still do i think there's something special about it and it's kind of it's kind of sets itself apart from the rest of the songs on the record and it's mm. more of a 90s dirge type of thing like a kind of like slacker vibe to it and i really and just lyrically i think it you know I think it all just came together well and it represents the the emotion and everything really so it's like i think that's a personal favorite for me too mm. still i don't think i'll ever like not like that song and generally like 
by the time we've recorded a record and everything, I hate all the songs on it. I don't want to say them anymore. This one will make uh, a playlist, though. Yeah, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't mind this one. I, I, as stupid as it is, I think the guitar solo is really cool on it too. Um, oh yeah, dude, you shred. Um, it's so. it's yeah. it's so like it. I don't know. For being shredding, it's pretty clean, right? Like it's yeah, that's it's like, I, very I, well defined. I think, I think it's like melodic, but it has like some stupid shreddery stuff and like some like Queen Brian May kind of shit going on. on it. I just think it kind of worked itself out cool. Um, yeah, I can hear some like some some like like classic rock background, and then I heard yeah. some sort of like sped up rockabilly style on Fine, and Fine yeah. is one of my favorites. Was like it it almost sounded like you were trying to get through it, like you were trying to tell somebody was... a story without them responding to you. <laughs> <laughs> that Fine was we we were fine was on our first record and it was it was like more it was not anywhere near that tempo and somewhere along the lines uh the first drummer for the band left and we had a we had a period with a bunch of fill-ins and we we had one guy that just started the song at that tempo and for some reason it just it was like that thing you that movie that thing you do when they change the tempo of the song and then it, like people liked it but yeah he just the, that drummer that was filling in played it that fast and it just stuck and people were in, into it so now it's kind of like become I don't think we've ever like not closed a show with fine um with the exception of this weekend that was the, the first time because we're trying some some other shit right now but up until like this year every show we've ever played has been closed with that that song mm. and it, it's kind of become like the showboat like crazy like yeah and like fuck you end to the song to the set you know just like just go yeah. as nuts as you possibly can and it's ridiculous yeah. <laughs> so we wanted to we wanted to record it and that <laughs> And and the way we play it live now, so yeah, yeah and all that, was... that like that guitar player stuff's like that's all like my that's all my selfish like dudes I want to play like type shit that I throw in there. <laughs> so, <laughs> you have yeah. to, you gotta, you gotta, you know, emulate the heroes in in yeah. a sense, right? You gotta find your little moments of fun when you can. <laughs> yeah, can yeah, and you never go, you never get into that like Jack Black at the beginning of School of Rock. <laughs> where yeah. you're like you're not showboating you're just playing and you're yeah. killing it <laughs> thanks man thank you yeah and I, I was really grateful for the uh i've never seen this before that pillar by the bar at supply and demand had this yeah. huge padding on it i've never seen that before the the forethought to they put that on more, they need more of that across the united states <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i've seen so many people get fucked up on those oh, things <laughs> i've i mean i've fucked myself up on those things man yeah, <laughs> yeah. It just seems like I don't know, just a a great a great punk bar next to. Have you been to Alex's bar? The one? Yeah, I love Alex. The street. I love playing Alex's. Yeah, yeah, that was a great spot, and I've only been there, I don't know, once or twice. And I don't know, Long Beach. I I don't go there enough. It's kind of it's not out of the way. It's L.A. to me. I'm in Pomona. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's not so out of the way, but it kind of is. And it's like, all right. Fuck. All right, I gotta go. What time do I work tomorrow? All right, I gotta make this happen. Yeah. You do you still uh, do you still go to many shows when you can, or is is this your side of it? I've been trying to be better about it, but as I get older, it's harder. I'm yeah. not gonna lie. Um, with everything that's going on, but yeah, lately I've been making making it a point when possible. To, I mean, especially friends and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So much like bands I want to. I think the last thing i did that was like more for me is uh i flew to see jawbreaker in colorado last year um, mm. just because I, I hadn't seen them on any of the reunion shows yet mm -hmm. so you had to make but, that happen yeah. yeah but just generally been trying to be as supportive as i can with friends and people coming through town mm. um and you mentioned the the rough scene in vegas what's what's going on now what are the what are the venues like that's i mean there's it's always kind of been weird with venues in Vegas, but we we make it work. Um, there's no dedicated like mid-level venue that's dedicated to like music. You, you, it's always like an afterthought with bars or pizza restaurants. Or I know it's a lot of it, a lot of places. But some sometimes you you play other states. You're like, man, I wish we had something like this here. You know, and mm. um, there's an. I mean, we had a place for a really long time called Evil Pie that we did shows in the back and some we've had some really amazing shows in the in the backyard of uh, evil pie but nice 
um they they kind of dropped off on doing that after you know the pandemic like i think early last mid last year they kind of stopped um but yeah i know there's another pizza restaurant doing shows i haven't been out to a show there we have like dive bar and double down which are kind of staples for vegas mm-hmm. um and there's a there's a venue called the sand dollar now uh i think it's in the plaza that was they're doing shows too um, oh cool but it's okay so that, people are doing it yeah people there, there's always going to be people trying here you know it's just i think it's a it's slow getting back to it yeah is there much of a, a house scene that you know about there, like... are, there there are a few spots we haven't done any of them but i've noticed a few spots popping up here and there that there's more more house shows happening nice. and we have like a few eagles halls but that's i mean usually you'll get like a lot of hardcore and stuff like that in there but mm-hmm. something yeah. about that something about those spaces huh yeah, yeah just because they're absolutely. big i guess yeah 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 so w- what do you think it is about vegas that is keeping uh venues from or bars i guess from making it happen is it just not profitable yeah. or there's just not enough musicians in vegas i think there's a lot of i think vegas just being vegas i think there's a lot of distractions and i i think it's a big sacrifice to try and still support live music on a i mean even on a local level like i think because it's there's it's i and then i know our liquor laws here are also archaic as far as like feet away from like areas where children can be present so all ages has always been a really hard hard thing Uh. in vegas a really really hard thing to do um the other thing is like we have a lot of like corporate venues that are about the same size you know like we have Mm. a house of blues and we have you know we have brooklyn bowl which is slightly bigger than house of blues um and then like you know cosmopolitan has the chelsea which is like a five thousand seater a little bit bigger but there's a lot of stuff like that with with corporate live nation type type things too so the bigger bigger packages usually go go to those places sorry oh you're good yeah um yeah, it's a shame. Well, it it's good because it keeps you on the road. It keeps you moving. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That's, I mean, I've been in Vegas like pretty much close to my whole life. You know, for if you want to consider being a teenager onward into adulthood, you know, it's like there's not a lot I can mm. do here left. I can do here, so it's just like we, we do try to to play as much out of Las Vegas as possible. That's kind of been the focal point mm. the last few years. Um, like I I. I try not to do more like more than one or two shows here a year or if we're on a, a tour that's already through. Mm-hmm. Do you like a good, uh, a good house coming show or homecoming yeah. show? Yeah. You know, and when we came through with unwritten law, I wasn't expecting a lot, but at that time, I don't think we'd played here since like October of last year. Mm-hmm. And I, people actually came out, you know, for us, which was, I, you know, surprised, surprised me. And it was, I was happy to see it. So maybe whatever we're doing is, is working in some, in some way mm-hmm. do you play the social media game a lot i hate the social media <laughs> i hate the social media game i hate everything that comes with music that's not music yeah um but yeah you have to i yeah. mean if you if you can't accept the fact that in 2023 like as, as a person in a band that you you have to be capable of doing everything then mm-hmm. you, i mean if you want to do it on any like level that's not a hobby like you probably shouldn't do it like it sucks but that's where we're at now i mean that's the beauty of the internet it's like you write your own price ticket yeah so you have to take what comes with that and putting the effort in and yeah you feel like a jackass making videos about things but like honestly like it works and i i always i referenced mike herrera a lot on this because like he really took that and made it lucrative and he's smart about it and he's i think he's really mastered like getting the most out of out of those platforms as far as being someone in a band like i think and i, I only noticed it because i watched i was just going through instagram and i i noticed i was watching a video of him like repaving his driveway <laughs> and i was like why am i watching this i'm like well it doesn't matter because whatever he did worked and i said yeah. you know exactly and yeah it's it's not not my favorite thing in the world to to do that stuff but mm. at the end of the day i think people that like listen to your band or like they want to be they want to like know you they want to be a part of like just ordinary shit in your life and i 
I've tested it with like doing things that are, you know, less personal as opposed to me just like being myself and saying stupid shit. I mean, those, those are the ones that get the most views. Those are the ones that, you know, bring in the most people as far as so it's, I think people just want to be a part of, you know, if they're invested in the band, they just want to. Yeah. Um, and it, when I was a kid, I mean, I'm sure I would have loved something like that to make, make things more personal. And like, cause when you really love a band, like, yeah you want to be a part of it yeah. yeah we didn't have social media quite yet i mean i grew up with myspace and yeah that's where i was that's where i was at was like the oncoming of everything like yeah life with, life with a cell phone life without a cell phone like you know it's very weird looking yeah. back and like yeah we uh we grew up with this yeah. paradigm shifting technology yeah that lets you talk to celebrities and talk to artists and musicians and yeah, everything's a click away you know yeah you can it's it really is a crazy thing yeah like this was set up through email because i post on instagram and like yeah. the podcast gets attention and it's that's the truly most bizarre thing yeah a part of that it's, <laughs> that's it a part of it and like even like from like a band perspective like i i've toured with a map <laughs> <laughs> toured with an iphone like yeah i but I, I book shows by calling a venue and sending a press kit mm -hmm. and then i book shows by you know hitting some up on you know on instagram it's just it's it's a really and i look at my kids i'm like you'll like you don't understand like the, the huge shifts that happened in the past you know 20 or so years you know yeah it's really crazy is there man I think young kids uh i work at a restaurant uh during the day yeah and we have a lot of like young late teens early 20s people coming through and it's what they their views of the world are just very different right they i you know references <laughs> from our childhood or from our teen years just are not understood in a lot yeah. of ways and yeah. i'm wondering what are they what are they going to experience? Like, what is their MySpace and what what is their Instagram going to be? Because they haven't experienced like in in yeah time, in time they haven't experienced yeah. Instagram yet. You know, and it makes you wonder like what's left. Like, what is there left to be? You know, aside from yeah. like, you you being able to like exist in two places at once or like you know, I mean I don't know, <laughs> but like everything is so at your fingertips. It's it is an interesting thing to think about. Like, what is next? Yeah. Like, do you think uh, if it comes to a point where there was a point where you were untouchable, right? Like nobody could reach you as a musician or few people could, like there was yeah. nowhere to, nowhere, no way to reach you yeah. unless they went through your people or something like that. Yeah. But now they can, I could just text you on Instagram if I wanted to. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and which we have already. Yeah. And uh, in the future, you think like you're going to hold like these, AR meetings in a bar or something like that, and everybody's yeah. sitting around, and you're just kind of kind of talking shit remotely. Yeah, you know? like it's it's insane. I mean, I already, I mean, I do that at work. Like, I, I, you know, my, like yeah, that's my daily at work. Cause I sit and sit in fucking digital meetings all day you know, <laughs> with, with people in different countries and different. It's it's really, you know, I think about that all the time, and I think about the stress that also comes with being immediately available to everybody all the time and i think yeah. and i and i think like in 2005 i got my first cell phone like yeah same so <laughs> like i it really is and i think about it too with kids too it's just like when they go out like i know they're like i can't imagine like my kids going to do things and me not knowing that i can get a hold of them at any second or it's such a weird shift that's but a trip looking back yeah. like we we left the house i fucking got off the untethered bus and i was yeah i mean i got off the bus and i was gone till fucking six o'clock you know it didn't yeah. like i just did my thing it was that was a norm man it was yeah so, half of us were latchkey kids right it's yeah, like man. parents are at work and we're doing whatever yeah we're still yeah. telling stories my sister and i about like how we were grounded whenever we were grounded we just vouched for each other and like our mom would call in the middle of the day, like after school, you home, where's everybody? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> You're like, yeah. oh yeah, he's, he's asleep. He's doing his homework or. Yeah, totally. It's like, totally. Oh, what else you got? Like, yeah. <laughs> there's nothing you can do about that. Now I can track my kids every 
fucking movement. I know yeah. where they are. I it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Just put something on their keychains. <laughs> yeah. Their <laughs> tags now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. It's uh it's interesting. I like I like how music is evolving too. I like what's sticking and I like the legacy of punk and and rock in general and it's so cool to hear even just again going back to rockabilly again hearing rockabilly vibes in your music <laughs> i don't know it sounds so cool i grew up with one of the coolest like this band called the crypt uh, this high school band and just psychobilly stuff right where mm. it was the coolest shit you ever heard in 2004 yeah. 2005 something like yeah. that and you don't hear it much anymore now it's now they're like exclusive scenes things like that very exclusive you know and to hear it again to hear it now it's like oh you got me all ramped up again you know yeah that's awesome man no i just like i love so many different kinds of music like if i can put like whatever i like into something like i'm gonna do it and like that's kind of like the mercy music motto is like when i started the project like i kind of just told myself like whatever i write is is a mercy music song like it doesn't have to be within any kind of box and it's like it's kind of just the rule i've went with and that's why like you have that like the rockabilly thing that you like or mm-hmm. or whatever something that's slow or something that's acoustic it's just like i just you know i just want it to be fucking music you know yeah that people people can enjoy you know yeah did you grow up in church i was raised catholic uh-huh. um and that shit sticks with you yeah <laughs> fucking hard there there's um, something about you that i not just you i mean your yeah. your music too like i hear church in this and yeah. i grew up in church too i grew up in around around worship music and things like yeah. that and there's something about it that it just sounded familiar yeah there's i definitely i'm not i mean i don't think i've been i, I can't remember the last time i've actually been to church but i'm not like oh, practicing same. or anything um, yeah um yeah definitely i mean i went to i went to mass every sunday at my mm. mother's my mother's behest so. yeah <laughs> do I catholic churches keep... have uh worship bands and things like they, that they do and i remember like i was like the punk kid and i i don't know what grade it was probably like fourth or fifth grade because i play I, I started playing guitar when i was nine so mm-hmm. i remember them having like an audition to be <laughs> the guitar player and the fucking white ass Ned Flanders looking motherfucker didn't <laughs> didn't want me. Didn't fucking want me. Like could tell like you're just frightened that yeah. the prob- like the possibility of me being in this little fucking church band. Um but yeah, I, I yeah, I tried to do that. Were you the nine year old with like safety pins in his ears and <laughs> no, I think I was probably I probably ten or eleven at this point, but yeah, I was the dude with the fucking anarchy shirt and the fucking yeah. I don't know if I dyed my hair yet. Possibly, I don't know. <laughs> we need my to mom, talk to you. My mom was always really supportive about my artistic endeavors. So, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I heard uh, in a previous interview that she encouraged you to stick with music. Yeah, like find another parent that tells you to do that. Was, yeah, I was gonna say I'd never. I don't. I'm not sure I've ever heard that. <laughs> multi, at multiple stages of my life. Yeah. So yeah. I heard someone recently. Their parents said, uh, "If you're going to do this." don't half-ass it you need to go in full that's full bore full force yeah that's yeah. a thing yeah and absolutely true how have you uh what have you learned from from starting your playing your first show say um to now like it what what is the, how has the industry changed to you like how does it look I, differently to you i mean it's it's hugely different from when i was a kid I, I will say that the benefit of starting so young is that like, and I started playing by myself, like I did open mics and stuff in the like college area in, in Tempe mm-hmm. and, in Arizona. And like, I, I think that really helped shape me as being like self-sufficient and being able to like roll with the punches at a young age when shit goes wrong or like just being able to maneuver that. And that like the, the show must go on no matter what, like cause shit's going to happen and, I'm I'm grateful for that for starting so young. I mean, that was the late '90s, so mm. I mean, there's been a, a massive shift into what is you know the the music businesses that we see today. Um, and I, 
I mean, you romanticize that shit when you're a kid. And I think it was mm. still the era too back then where you, you know, like you get the record deal and your life's changed and like everything's fucking good. Because mm-hmm. that was still still possible then. There was still money in the late 90s and, and early 2000s. And Jared and I, the bass player's old band, we, we, ha- we got a record deal with Atlantic in like 2009, our old band. Whoa. And I was, I think it was 23 or 24. And you have this moment where like you're, fuck like it's really happening like i was all fucking paying off but like record got shelved like the deal was shit we had another deal with the producer before Mm -hmm. that so it's like if anything if it did come out or anything came of it like we would have gotten nothing Mm. wise but those are the shots that you took i mean those are the chances you took like you signed your shit away just to have a shot yeah because that's what it was i mean that was the beginning of the implementation of 360 deals because they could already see that you know, maybe records aren't going to be the main source of income for everybody anymore. Like it was starting, starting there. Um, and then to where it is now, like, yeah, the major labels and labels in general still have pull and some control. But if I mean, if you're you're lucky enough, or you're doing things the right way, or you spend the time, like you really can succeed independently. Mm-hmm. But it's it's. I mean, with, you know, the advent of Instagram, TikTok, like that direct to you connection, like Mm -hmm. there's, there's a rapper here in Vegas uh, named Echo and he's like, you know, got 200,000 Instagram followers, like just totally, and and did it all from the ground up himself, no labels, no. And it's like, you, you couldn't have done that, you know, you know, 20, 25 years ago, it was just, that wasn't there for you. So right that well, the money wasn't there for you yeah yeah but at the same time like the markets are incredibly oversaturated because of that anybody can you know turn their phone on and post something on youtube and just like it's it's a double-edged sword yeah Um, but i definitely i think a band like us like having those things like has been hugely beneficial because it means you know people can find smaller bands easier and and stuff like that Mm -hmm. having things just there for, for people to find yeah yeah, there's something about seeing uh, mutual connections, especially uh, when you're following a band or following anybody on Instagram. It's like, oh, you know so-and-so, and you realize that the six degrees of separation is yeah. is not only real, but it's actually tangible. I can Yeah, and I've made I like, great friends day. and like great friends with other bands that way, just, mm-hmm. just that little thing, you know, and just like-minded people and stuff like that. I think it's a great thing. Yeah. It does mean more work, but it's uh, ultimately a. I would say I'm not a musician. I don't tour, but uh, uh, ultimately it seems like a better route for musicians. Yeah. You know, to be not tethered to what I still hear is just uh, kind of the grubby label system that still exists. It's yeah. still very much real, right? Like, very, very, and yeah, and a lot of people are have changed independent labels are still pretty they can still be pretty decent right yeah when they when artists have more control but it's yeah. it definitely has to be a communal thing it, yeah what it looks like it has to be a collective effort definitely yeah takes a village yeah yeah something they either didn't understand before or just wasn't true before yeah yeah uh i had one more question for you yeah man Oh shit, that might have been it. I still have a still have a serial number on this note. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> What's on the wall behind you? <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in my daughter's room right now. It's like a bunch uh, of like French, like I don't know, like dance art and stuff. Like Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and there's some vines and I've been feeling bad this whole time. You've got decorations behind you, and I've got just about I've got a cat bed and like a couple of flyers. <laughs> I, have two ca- I have two cats, man. No, yeah, and I got flyers on the wall too. I just yeah. popped it in here because it's the quietest room at the moment. Nice, nice. Yeah. How do How do you like having a cat? Um, it's been a recent thing. My, it's two. It started as one, but the there was another that needed a house too. So I took like two sphinx cats, mm. and uh. I've never had an animal before in my entire life. Oh, I mean, wow. This is the first time, and I, and, and I really fucking love them. 
Oh, nice. Yeah. Good. So I'm like really, <laughs> really into the, the cats. Yeah. So I'm, a cat, I'm a cat person. I got a cat about a year ago and uh, never had a cat in my whole life. Yeah. A couple of dogs. Cats are very different creatures. Very. Yeah. I think I like want, <laughs> I want like the love of a dog and a cat, but like sometimes the cats can be loving and nice. <laughs> I need like a high, I need a hybrid animal to be my most emotional support animal. Yeah. Oh, I think man. it, I think that hybrid ends up just being a, a human. <laughs> yeah, <right>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. If your cats could speak. Yeah. Do you think they would tell you good things about your music or bad things about your music? probably just tell me it's honest honest thing so there'd probably be both it'd probably be like it'd probably be like a backwards compliment i think i think both of them would say something kind of positive but with a negative back end to it that's, that's the vibe i get oh man um what's your next show um we're in we're in tempe 28th which i think is next wednesday so we're gonna do like release shows up the coast mm. um and then what we do phoenix costa mesa san diego san pedro san francisco and then next month we're gonna do some pacific northwest stuff just because it was it'll be easier to, to separate financially and stuff like that so cool. san pedro yeah. you doing a sardine yeah doing the sardine nice you played there before no it's first time and it's a cool spot uh, yeah that's what people have been telling me I'm, i know like the toys that kill guys are no recess records people are all in on it over there so yeah they have a huge that. like back patio area with i don't know if it's like a bar or if it's a like a food truck or something really cool a lot of like local punk royalty there yeah yeah, yeah. no i'm looking forward to it we nice. almost didn't get the date so i'm happy it worked out Oh, cool. There's a lot of back and forth on the date we needed, but it ended up working out. So I'm stoked on that. And when you, uh, you're from, you said you're from Tempe? Uh, I'm from just like Phoenix proper originally. Yeah. Oh, okay. When you, when you go back, do you get, uh, do you have much of a, I don't know, I guess local, no, local I celebrity mean, not, presence? Not really. No. Like, no. I think I left at such a young, like a lot of the people I, I grew up with have moved to other states and I, I've, I've kept in touch with a few, but most of them don't live there anymore mm. and, and stuff like that. I have family there still. But mm. yeah. I've never been to Phoenix. I can't you're imagine. Not, just, you're not yeah. missing much, man. You're okay. I have two it's, cousins it's who moved there and one of them left, but the other one loves it so much. Like the, one not, of them moved to Washington. It's not a bad place. I mean, it's just Vegas and Phoenix are very, I mean, Arizona and Nevada, very similar, similar places. Mine is mm. Um, yeah, just if you can't stand, you know, 115 degree dry heat, it's probably not the place for you. Well, I can't getting... stand it and I still live there. So. <laughs> it's getting to be that way here. So, uh, yeah. yeah, we finally got winters back, but, um, but, uh, the summers are just insane and I don't know what to do about it. Cause this is where everything is. <laughs> yeah. 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 If you could live anywhere in California, where would you live? I mean, no, better question. Like, if you could I'm, live anywhere in the yeah. states, where would you live? I mean, it's hard not to like California comes with like I have unlimited funds for the rest of my life. Like yeah. choosing California as a destination, I'm like, like that. Fuck you, level money that like I'll never ever have. But like, if I had mm. that kind of money, like, I'd probably live in <laughs> probably live in California because I don't yeah. think I could exist. Like, hey, I could never afford to live there in general. Not with mm -hmm. the kids and everything and just like commuting or, or anything like that like i don't i don't know i don't mm. but like the weather like you can't really beat that and like everything there like but yeah if money weren't a, weren't an issue i'd probably pick somewhere somewhere in southern or northern california mm. um i'd love to go back to massachusetts but like same thing there is like i could never ever afford that existence I mean, is that expensive? I've never, I drove much, through Boston once and yeah. Like if you want to live in like a decent part of, you know, the Boston area, like it's, it's so much money, Damn. so much money.
I don't know why I thought the opposite about Massachusetts. Yeah, I lived in DC done. for a couple of years and that was like, that was expensive to me. Yeah. And comparatively, everyone told me, oh, this is the most expensive and uh, Virginia wasn't so much. And Ma- I thought I heard Massachusetts wasn't that bad. Um, I guess not. <laughs> yeah, awesome. yeah, I could. I Something about a... Hmm? Oh, no, I was just, what were you going to say? I'm sorry. I was going to say something about a big city or a small town that that grabs you. Yeah, I just, I'm more of like a city, a city person. I mean, I like the idea in my head of like, if I could have a place that was, I was remote and like away from everything, but I don't think I could live that existence full time. Like I need, I need distraction and I need things to do or else I go crazy. (laughs) I think the, the shelf life on me, like living in a, farm in the middle of nowhere would be very short before i started to lose it mm. <laughs> yeah i i, I like think the that idea too. Of it. yeah but i don't think it, i could do it yeah every now and then i look at a cabin in the woods and i'm like maybe maybe yeah i'm like there's no i can't have a phone there there's probably no way anyone could contact me yeah the store is 40 <laughs> minutes away like i'm good <laughs> Yeah. That's exactly where I was looking to about 40 <laughs> minutes outside of town where it's like, it's just one road in and out up a hill. Yeah. Uh, it's probably not a good idea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, do, I do the same thing. So someone <laughs> listening to your music for the first time, what, uh, someone listening to this album for the first time before they listen to it, what do you, what would you want to say to them? Um, I think the first thing I'd say was I hope they enjoy it. Um, yeah, fair enough. I mean, like as far as like a, a takeaway or something. I mean, yeah, something to prepare for. Something. Uh, I mean, I uh, think uh, war, <laughs> something uh, like a word of caution. I don't know, <laughs> something like I, that. It's 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 really honest, man, and it's really. Like I don't pull any punches and it's, you know, just representations of my life for the past few years. And I'm, I just really emotionally honest because I feel like I, I needed it for my, my therapy and in turn, maybe it can be therapy for someone else. I mean, that's always the hope. So you can reach, reach people and make them feel less alone in whatever they're going through. Mm-hmm. And I, that's what music was for me. Um, but at the end of it, I still think there's like a message of hope and and not giving up Mm -hmm. i always i always try to maintain that and you know whatever record or whatever song like as bad as it could be and you know the days where you want to you know jump at first off a bridge like it's just it's just today Mm. you know and as hard as that is in the moment to accept that is you know taking the 10 seconds to maybe take a few deep breaths and and think about it because tomorrow's a, a new day and you never know what's around the corner even if you feel like you just don't want to fucking get out of bed or don't want to breathe anymore. Mm. So that's, I think that's, I think that's all there too with the bad stuff. <laughs> well, you're not, warning, you're you know. not so doom and gloom. You're uh... <laughs> I'm trying, I'm trying, man. I, I, I mean, that's like the, I'm like, that's the Brendan character for anybody that knows me. It's just like, he's the, my nickname is doomer. But <laughs> like at a certain point, like, what's it's just like what's the shame in trying to be optimistic or or just being able to laugh at yourself and and what's happened or just take it for what it is and learn from it as best you can Mm -hmm. because life isn't perfect and everybody goes through shit you never know what anybody's going through at any given time Mm -hmm. and you know there's two ways you can look at things is like you can sit there and shut down or you can try and use it as a as a as a force or, or something positive and that's, mm-hmm. I mean, the last few years I've really been trying to be that kind of person. And that's always course, an uphill battle. Yeah. I mean, there's days where like, you're just like, fuck it. But like, there's going to be days where it's easier to, to maintain that and push through because mm-hmm. everybody's human. Is there anything non-music that gets you through? Oh man. What's the go-to? My kids, man. I'd have to say at the end of the day, my kids are the reason why, why I get out of bed every morning. You know, mm. I'd say that more than anything, even more so than, than music, but. I'd say they're, I mean, close to being tied. That's beautiful. That's the, <laughs> that's Sorry. the, that's the family message that, uh, 
that everybody needs to hear. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not people with without kids, but, um, you know, <laughs> the ones with kids, they're going to be, yes. Yeah, I like that guy. He's okay. <laughs> That's oh, why man. I had three kids. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great, man. Yeah. yeah. So new album out now. Oh uh, no, not out now. June thirtieth. June thirtieth. Yes. And next for Friday. Yeah, next Friday. Yeah. Double helix record. I really like their label uh cover. It's the the two sheep stuck together. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> and then uh SBAM is spam. They're doing it. They're doing the the Euro variant for, for uh, yeah. So it's like a partnership on that. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. You're, and you're uh, you're pressing this too, right? Yeah, we have like yeah. we have three versions for the U.S. and then one, or then the two for, for the uh, the Euro variant. Cool, cool. I'm gonna grab a copy when it's out. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I forgot to grab a sticker. So the next time I see you, I'm going to grab a sticker. <laughs> That's okay. the big thing. I love I can, catching I stickers. You, and uh... I can shoot you some stickers, man. No oh, yeah. <laughs> you're the best, dude. Yeah, no Thanks, problem. man. Yeah, dude. Cool. Thanks again for doing this, dude. Yeah, uh, this is a lot of fun. Thank yeah. you for having me, man. Yeah, of course. Anytime. Right. Anytime you want to promote something, let me know. I will, man. Thank you. Yeah. Have a good one, dude. You too, man. Take care.